Hello, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Or should I call him George, <laughs> as it says on the Zoom, George Davis. Uh, wow. Quick quick shout out to our boy, Chris, uh, for hooking us up with the, uh, with the production help on this one, because boy, the last two ones were sounding pretty stinky. Miles, what's going on? Um, we're not calling him Chris. We're calling him Steak and Bacon. Um, oh right, that, steak and bacon. That's his name, is steak and bacon. So big uh, shouts out to steak and bacon from Mister Sub, getting us going with the production and and hooking things up for us. I'm a, I am a boomer. I am such a boomer. I'm so overwhelmed by all this Mac technology in front of me, just trying to figure it out. Ugh. Oh, I, oh it's boy. okay. I'm 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 just I'm also not great when it comes to technology i had a full-blown i had a full-blown meltdown uh earlier this week trying to edit the podcast so we won't get into that too much because uh that'll just be way too embarrassing for one of us i think this is just like payback for all the times that i've had to like re-enter my dad's itunes account for him when he gets a new (laughs) phone like every christmas and i just I'm so upset with them, and now now you guys have to coach me and teach me how to do a pod. Oh Lord, I don't even know what this software is called, or or program, or whatever you want to call it. you kids these days, and all your audio. Oh my Lord, I'm 25. I sound a thousand. <laughs> well, how about we get into something that makes us even more sad? Does that sound fun? <laughs> that sounds fantastic. All right. Well, since last time, uh, the Oilers have I, – I, it's it's hard to describe exactly what they've been. They've been a combination of a couple of things. They've been a combination of, in moments, showing some serious resiliency, showing that they can put the foot on the gas and that they, that they can keep pressing down and really impose their will on their opponent. And on the other hand, they've also just been – uh, uh, bad and completely giving up and showing absolutely no resilience whatsoever. Stinky. Yeah, completely and utterly stinky. Um, the Oilers opened up a the last three games with it, it looks like it's it's actually it's actually the same as last time. Now now that I've now that I've thought about it, it's actually. It's the same as last time. It's a it's another grown sandwich uh, where there is a. And I wouldn't even call it a filet mignon in the middle. It was more of like a overcooked pork chop, but it was still okay. Like it wasn't it wasn't a total piece of shit. It's not fast food. It's fan food. <laughs> but the Oilers opened up their next three game swing since last podcast with uh, what uh, Miles has ever lovingly titled Habs Two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Habs two, Habs two, Tokyo Draft. <laughs> two Habs, two Furious. Oh, that's not good. But uh, th- anyways, that was they a. Kinda, three- they kind of were. They kind of were too furious. Yeah. Well, uh, it, we they started off with a nice three-one loss to the Montreal Canadiens to close off their their two game series against them with a completely terrible game, and it ended up being. 
worse than a 5-1 loss, which is, in, which is incredibly surprising. Um, this has easily been the worst game they have played so far in this uh, short season so far, in the short of a shortened season so far. Um, there was almost no, little to no effort from the team, uh, no urgency whatsoever. And yeah, there's, there's not really much else to say from my part. It's, it's, it was, it was a terrible game by the team. They showed absolutely no fight. They were not completing passes whatsoever. And once they finally got to a point at where Montreal was clearly in the driver's seat, they were not willing to re-enter whatsoever. Um, the one note I did make though is, uh, nice, nice, nice little game from, from, uh, Devin Shore. I wrote in here, uh, uh, Devin Shore, more like Devin Shorthanded. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, former <laughs> former star and former duck uh, came to the came to camp on a professional tryout uh, option there, and ended up making the team. And yeah, in that three one game against the Habs, when he slotted in, played very well. Uh, I believe he played the next two, or was it just the one against the Leafs? Did you play both? He played both. He played both, yeah. Like yeah. he's, I don't know, he's not gonna like. Well, the short shorty was nice, but he's not gonna wow you. But like, he's just solid guy to plug in that bottom four. Does a good, or not bottom four? He's not a defenseman. We'll get there. Uh, plugs into the bottom six really nice, and uh, had had a, a nice couple little games for the guys. Yeah, it's he's 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 looked pretty good so far. I've it's kind of similar to a Slater Cuckoo situation where he's just been, he's just been solid. Um, he hasn't been making these egregious plays in his own zone. Uh, the last game, which we'll get to, uh, there was a, there was a, there was a goal against on the Leafs power play. That was a little bit of his fault, but ultimately I've been, I've been pretty happy with everything so far from him. Yeah. Last thing I'm going to say about Habs 2 Electric Boogaloo, uh, looking at some of the statistics, outshot 34 to 26, 0 for 7 on the power play. Might have been the worst game we've ever seen from McDavid and Dreisaitl, disengaged, puck bouncing off their sticks in the whole third period and on the power play. Like, just could not seem to get anything going. Dreisaitl looked like he didn't want to be there, which I mean is fair. Um, but just like frustrating to see from two guys that have heart trophies and two guys that have led the league in scoring. But I mean, everybody's going to have off days. That's, that's life. That's the way things go. You can't hold that against them. Um, they're only human, right? Yeah. And the nice part, well, McDavid, McDavid's not human. McDavid's an alien <laughs> sent down from, from the gods. What's uh, in the Simpsons where the two like slobbery green dudes that always get cameos, them, I, I I will tell you I I know absolutely nothing about the Simpsons and I know that's fucking egregious but I, I know absolutely nothing about the Simpsons. Oh, you know, you if my I'm mom's list, if my mom's listening to this, she didn't let me watch the Simpsons until I was like thirteen because she's a friggin' prude. <laughs> although yeah. you know what I although although I snuck some Family Guy in there, so no it's resentment, okay. no resentment either there from No Whistle. Love you, mom. <laughs> But no, it was a, it was a terrible game. I remember there was a play specifically on the power play in the third period of that three one loss where the puck just bounced off Drysaddle's stick, and it was it, it, I just just the body language you could kind of see out of him was completely and utterly out of it. He was he was done, and it was frustrating to watch. But ultimately, you're going to have those games. You're going to have to move on. And at the end of the day, I think it was a pretty important game to kind of go over the next couple of weeks and to hopefully bounce back from all of this. But 
that brings us to the next game, which was a much cleaner game defensively, uh, which was a 3-1 win against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, like I said to you beforehand, it was a pretty good defensive effort overall, mainly in the third period. Once they had that 2-1 lead, there was absolutely nothing happening for the Leafs, and they held Toronto to only six shots in the third, which I've seen a couple of things where uh, Toronto fans have been talking about how, oh, you know, it was a lucky win. If they didn't get that one own goal, they would only scored one goal. But at the end of the day, you, the $40 million forward core only aver- or only nabbed six shots in the third period, which, sorry, like, if you're going to have that high-level offense, you have to be able to perform in a game that that's that close. So I was pretty happy with the defensive effort. It was tough to say of whether or not it was really a good game by the Oilers, but it was obviously better than the previous two. Um, well, just just like you said, Nolan, about the Leafs and the $40 million forward core not showing up, like how many times has Edmonton been on the other end of that, right, where our guys haven't totally. shown up? Our guys haven't done what they need, like 0 for 7 on the power play against Montreal. Like, there's a lot of money in that first forward, or sorry, in that first uh, power play unit. Like, you go 0 for 7, uh, you're not getting it done. Sorry, you're not winning. And that's ex- like tail of the tape with Toronto. You can be mad about everything as a, as a Leafs fan, Loafs fan, as I like to call them. Uh, when your guys aren't scoring, your guys aren't scoring, and that's just the way that it's going to go, right? Puck luck is a big thing, but... Edmonton was solid defensively, like you said, in the last 20 minutes of that game and pulled through. I was texting a buddy about it, and I said, huge rivalry win. And he's like, rivalry win? Ha, ha, ha. Well, buddy, it's the North Division. Um, <laughs> they're a division rival this year. It's a rivalry win for sure. And I think one thing from the McDavid effect is that like him being a Leafs guy growing up and how he always seems to find another year against the Leafs, uh, has kind of made new age Edmonton fans like hate the Leafs a little bit more from all the shit that they talked when McDavid came to the Oilers as the first overall pick and how we didn't deserve them and how they should have got him and blah, blah, blah. Like F off Toronto. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same thing with really, with, with really any star that's from Ontario, which I hate to break it to Toronto fans, but that's like 60% of the league is they're all from Ontario. So I'm sorry. Uh, it was the same thing with like Corey Perry. It was the same thing with what. Do not say that name on the podcast. Do <laughs> not bring Corey Perry up on the podcast, please. And I know he was almost a Toronto Maple Leaf, but it was at the very end of his career. But Wayne Gretzky never became a never became a Toronto Maple Leaf, and he was a diehard Leafs fan growing up. So suck it. Just kidding. But at the same time, we've got just as many. Playoff round wins. Well, actually, we have more than them. <laughs> yeah, more than them. Yeah, don't, don't forget. Yeah. So, nonetheless, enough talking. Enough talking shit to Toronto because they did get the last laugh. Um, <laughs> I called this. I called this uh, Leafs Redo. Is it? I don't know if it's Redo or Redux. I know that the, the director's cut of Apocalypse Now ends with it's like Apocalypse Now Redux or Redo. I don't know what the how the hell you pronounce it, but nonetheless. 4-2 Toronto win, which the score tells us a bit of a different story than how the game actually played out. I will be completely honest with you. I was pretty happy with the game overall. I thought that was one of the more complete games they had played since the start of the season. Um, and really, the, the, the big reason why they lost was one guy, and I hate to say that. 
I know that I know that it's obviously a team game and there's a lot that goes into it. And if guys aren't performing and if guys are not, you know, willing willing to put themselves out there and willing to work hard for those work hard for those loose pucks, um then yeah, it's a team effort and everybody kind of contributes to that loss. But Adam Larson, we need to talk about Adam Larson. Um because he that was if that would have been his final game as an Edmonton Oiler, I wouldn't have been surprised because I could not believe the performance I saw from Adam Larson uh, two nights ago. Oh, man, I wanted to reach out onto the leash and grab a little plastic bag and just put him in the garbage can like a a little bit of dog shit on a walk. That's how he was playing. Like, tough, man. Tough, tough, tough to watch. Yeah, it was like... The big one, obviously, that everyone kind of looks at is that huge turnover to Alex Kerfoot on the on the two uh, one goal, which was just a lazy backhand, like just a completely lazy uh, backhand pass that got onto Alex Kerfoot's stick and got sent back to, I believe it was Adam Brooks, uh, who scored to make former yeah, <laughs> for, former Regina pad blast from the past pass. <laughs> To make it 2-1 for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And unfortunately, that ended up being the tail of the tape for the rest of the game. Because after his his holy matrimony himself, Connor McDavid, was able to tie it up at 2-2. On the, With an absolute nasty deflection. Oh man, I... Like, when they were... When they were... Uh, when they were kind of going over the goal and they were like, Oh, it seems that maybe McDavid would... That maybe McDavid would have tipped it. I mean, it was never a question. He obviously tipped it. Um, but no, e- Ethan Bear just had a Chris Kyle sniper <laughs> on it. <laughs> just absolutely threads it past Anderson. No, McDavid touched it like the top of the circles. And just a Chris it in, like, Kyle like, sniper. <laughs> McDavid's out there like a like he's got the elder wand. He's just out there redirecting, making magic. Ethan Bear is a Punisher logo on the back of his jersey. <laughs> I said it in the first episode. I'm going to say it again. This podcast. (laughs) That's done. That's it. Uh, But on the ensuing uh, penalty kill that was in the third period, Adam Larson unfortunately left John Tavares completely untouched to ironically score a 3-2 goal off of a deflection. But... (laughs) <laughs> but John Tavares was completely untouched and Adam Larson didn't even have a stick in his direction. And at the end of the day, like even if it means taking a penalty and, you know, putting a stick right in his rib cage, <laughs> trying to bring him down, I don't care. Just do something. And Adam Larson didn't have it. And unfortunately we're at this point now where he's just not, he's just not showing any signs of being that like go to defensive defenseman because sure. I can understand if you can't if you can't send a tape to tape pass going from uh, you know going from like the defensive zone, but if you're not able to do the one thing that you did well beforehand, and you're not able to do that effectively, well, unfortunately, it's a 56 game season, and we need to get people in here that are willing to you know use their skills and be able to help this team win. You hear that, folks? We need to. Coaching staff, uh, including Nolan Schoon and Miles Fuchs, <laughs> needs to make some moves here to get the right guys into the lineup to make things happen. All right, boys. So right here, we're going to uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to go to the top of the He's circle. Got the <laughs> He's got the whiteboard. He's drawing up power play. Nolan's fixing it. 
get the troops in line. No, one one other thing I wanted to say uh, about losing losing that game and what really sucks was having Thornton and Matthews out because it, like you, like we've said time and time again in a fifty six game season where you're just playing Canadian teams like tonight uh, Sunday night Sunday uh, the 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 Loafs beat Calgary first regulation loss for the Flames that's uh, huge but like. Every game matters so so much, and if you can get a game where Matthews is out and a game where Jumbo Joe is out, like you've got to take advantage of that. Furthermore, I don't know if we've talked about it or not yet, but like McDavid in the in the circles, faceoff circles, has been way better this year than he has previously. Like he's Thank found God. another he's found another gear there. Spent a lot of the off season working with Keith Acton in the draws to you know get better at, at winning faceoffs because like if there's anything about his game that you can critique, it's his his defensive play and his faceoffs. So he's been a lot better on the draws this year, but Austin Matthews made Connor McDavid his bitch in that game in the draws. He was absolutely dealing at clean wins, not even tied up. McDavid got thrown out of a draw in the second period, and you could just see his body language. Like he was frustrated, man. Like he did not have an answer for Matthews. So we get a really juicy game. We get a really juicy game where Matthews isn't out there, and we couldn't take it. We oh, take a shot every time. <laughs> Guy wouldn't get through a podcast. Guy wouldn't be able to walk. But if you get a chance where or Matthews isn't there and McDavid can't take advantage of it, it just stings. Salt in the wound. Totally, man. And it's it's that it's that lethal shot too. If you can take advantage of one of those games where you don't get Austin Matthews on the power play, like you need to take advantage of that. Oh, he's so good. I hate it. I, I, I hate it. He's uh, you know it, it's it's one of those things where <clears throat> as much as I want to dislike the player. And I, I will actively dislike. I will actively dislike Sean Monahan, but I, I unfortunately cannot dislike Austin Matthews. He's so fucking good. And he's he's absolutely dripped out every time you see. It. Like I follow him on Instagram. He's insane. That is a complete fucking betrayal, Miles. How dare Not... you follow a divisional rival? He's so cool. He is I'm, really I'm cool. swooning, man. He actually he genuinely do? does seem like he's a pretty cool dude, too. Minus My, the whole, like, f- like flashing a security guard or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> that was not nice, Austin. No. Don't do that. Pulling his gotch out. <laughs> no, uh, man. I, I said last episode that my life goal was to follow... Uh, get followed by james neal's burner and become his buddy his buddy i think my other life's goal is to go down to arizona for a boys weekend and uh just happen to run into austin matthews and be like hey man do you where we got some we got some extra extra sticks here do you want to get in on a little game ball hockey or something and he'd be like yeah boys it sounds great and then he'd come over and he'd be like uh my name's austin what's your name and i'd be like uh, miles and then you know maybe we'd go get like a burrito or something we'd get some chipotle and Maybe hit the mall, the outlet malls, check that out. And I think it would be pretty easy. I think it would be a pretty natural transition for both of us to become friends. And then it's like, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in Toronto next weekend. You want to you wanna get together? And then he'd be like, no, man, I have a game. I have a life. Stop fucking talking to me, you weirdo. Yeah, until he's fucking tied up in the back of your van to fucking chains in your... <laughs> I don't drive a van. Drive a Jeep. And you're cutting your face off and you're saying, Austin, Austin, can we trade faces? I've always wanted to see what it would be like to be you. I grow a better mustache than him, though, so that's something, something I'll always have over Matthews. It's got a, I, hope who, 
I hope whoever's listening to this is going to have absolute nightmares listening to that. Oh, yeah, I'm just blocking it out. I'm like, <laughs> you're terrifying. I can see that they can't see you. I can see you on the other call, on the other side of the Zoom call, and I am terrified. How creepy do I look if I if if I lean up closer and have the actual like monitor? Uh, four twenty out of ten <laughs> with <laughs> with the with the blue light shining off your retinas. Yeah, that's scary. That's a little spooky. <laughs> but that's enough nightmare fuel <laughs> back, to, back to the important stuff on the docket uh, ultimately though there were a lot of promising signs for the next few games the yeah, play of Yesse Puyi after he got thrown up on the line with Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins was pretty nice to see um, I have a tweet here that I wanted to pull up um, and it was actually from a uh, account called Adams on Hockey, which is a pretty cool little Twitter handle here. Verified? Yeah. Uh, no, not not quite. His name is Jason Adams, though. But he said, "Yes, he put Yarvi crushed this game, scoring chances eight to one, high danger chances, uh, high danger chances two to nothing. His expected goals four percentage was ninety two percent. His Corsi four percentage was seventy percent. His Corsi four relative percentage was twenty five percent." And what he mentioned was just put him with McDavid and leave him there because at the end of the day, if that's going to lead to scoring goals, I'm sorry, Zach Cassian, I understand you make over $3 million a year. And in this current NHL, that's, uh, th- that's the amount of money for like a, for like a second liner. But if you're not performing and if you're, and if you're not, you know, able to make that work, then I'm sorry, there's, there's really, there's really no place for you in the top six. So, um, I'm I'm happy that Dave Tippett made the adjustment, and I'm happy that it's looking towards Yesse staying on that line for uh, uh, tonight's game. Yes, poorly are Love that guy. Uh, did you have any Did you have any thoughts on uh, on the last game there? Um, no, not really. Nothing that we haven't hit on. I totally agree, though. I want to see Zach Casting on that third line very, very bad, so that we can get some Yesse time on line one. We are. Ugh. 26 minutes away from puck drop in Winnipeg, loser peg. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that goes. I'm sad that we are not seeing Bush, uh, Evan Bouchard thrown into that decor and that Larson's getting another chance. But oh. we, in the f- famous words of Ray, way she goes. She says, fucking way she goes, he says. And goddamn, goddamn erections ruin the night. Throwing all the liquor money into the VLTs. Throwing all of our liquor money away to our <laughs> shitty players that are losing games for us. $3 million for cash, however much Larson's making. That was a beautiful segue. <laughs> segue of Regina. It's going to be a, a dealership I'm going to start. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you kind of nailed it on the head with the whole Larson thing. Like, Larson, unfortunately, at this point... He's in the last year of his contract and he's not playing he's not playing like he wants a contract. He needs to be scratched for Evan Bouchard. There's no way around it. He's been easily the worst defenseman so far uh through the first through the first six games. I know that's pretty tough to say and it's probably, you know, pretty tough to hear to most people, but like unfortunately that's just the truth. He just hasn't been good. Man. The biggest thing is it like that I can't wrap my head around with the Oilers franchise is accountability. Like they hold newly drafted players to a higher level of accountability than they do veteran players. Like, let's forget, I don't know how far back you want to go, but like when Nuge got drafted, he was like 180 pounds soaking wet. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Go and play 18 minutes a game against uh, 
Anze Kopitar and Joe Thornton and all these big humans of like these massive humans that are centermen. They're like, yeah, go out there, do it, figure it out. And he did, right? Like maybe not got the got the shit beat. Yeah, out got of the shit beat out of them every game. They get Nail Yakupov out of the OHL, uh, like who was an absolute offensive phenom, and they're like, oh yeah, go play a checking role. Like obviously you're not setting him up to succeed. Uh, and then even as recently as Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear, right? They don't have a couple of good games, and the guys get scratched. They get sat. But they'll they'll let uh, Adam Larson, who has you know, I'm a big Larson guy, and you've heard. Oh, I, I love him. I love the guy. I've defended the shit out of him, like time and time again. But they'll let all these young guys just get absolute lashes on the back, sit in the press box, and they'll watch veterans make dog shit plays over and over, and just deal with it wash their hands of it like the oilers need to have some accountability for these veteran players and and sub them out like uh bouchard what year did he get drafted 17 18 18 18 there's i was reading a tweet there's like six or seven guys from that draft class that are defensemen that are getting everyday no dobson was picked like one pick after him and he's already getting yeah exactly exactly like there needs to be some more accountability uh from from the Oilers' upper brass to get these veteran players out of there and, and make guys come in that can do something and make plays. That's what needs to happen for them to get out of this hole. Because you can re- you can call it a hole. Yeah, right? totally. That's exactly what they're in. Is a you're six game. You're drive. six games into a 56 game season. Like there's no time to fuck around, right? Yeah, so you have to you have to hold that accountability for a guy like Adam Larson. And unfortunately, like like you said, I I love Adam Larson like you do. And when I mean he's obviously tainted with the whole Taylor Hall trade, and it's tough. It's but. Unfortunately, like I said, if you're not if if you're not willing to if if you're not if if you're not playing like it, then you're like you're gonna have to sit. Um, and uh, like this team needs puck movement. Like the the puck is the, for some reason in the defensive zone, the puck is dying on the stick. And I, the amount of times that I see a pass sent up to Connor McDavid and he has to like contort his body just to receive that pass is completely ridiculous. Like the guy deserves to have a good puck mover with him and. I was hoping that Tyson Berry would be better and maybe Tyson Berry's still working into his role, but like get the guy a decent puck mover and Evan Bouchard is waiting there. And a lot of the, what a lot of these like uh, star charts and stuff that, um, that I've kind of looked at have said, like he's on the trajectory and he should be playing, but unfortunately they're not willing to put him in the lineup because they must be, I don't know, are they scared of putting him in and losing another game? Well, I don't know what, what else do you expect to happen? But uh, on the, I mean, on the last point of that, like, you know, they, they need puck movement. They've only had one game where they've had like a better Corsi number than the other team. Like they're the, that's the, they've only had one game and it was the five, one loss, which is insane to me. The five, one loss is the one game where they were holding, where they were holding possession more than the other team. Like that's, that's it. That's incredibly ridiculous. There's one thing, one more thing I want to say. The last thing I want to say about Larson, and I'm titling it, build a fucking bridge and get over it. Every time you talk to an Oilers fan about the the Hall-Larson trade, oh man, I don't know why we did that. I don't know why they did that trade. That was ridiculous. That was so stupid. Like, yeah, you know what? Hindsight, yeah, a little silly to do. But at the time, look at what Larson was doing in New Jersey. He was a stud. He was, he yeah, was, he was, he was great. I, I really liked what he was right doing. Hand shot, right hand, right shot defensemen were at an absolute premium. They got a premier guy for a forward that was struggling 
maybe not struggling, but like had some injury troubles, wasn't really producing, wasn't playing with, with McDavid very well. They wanted to move on. They found a one for one deal that on paper looked really good and shit, it hasn't materialized. But what the hell did Taylor Hall do in New Jersey other than win an MVP? He had one out, <laughs> he had, <laughs> he had one outlier of a year, went to the desert, got a tan, played a little bit of golf, and now he's in Buffalo. So, you know what? Take that trade down to, to brass tacks and what it was. He didn't do all that much for the Devils. They ended up getting first overall pick one, two years after that. Um, yeah, two years is, while he was on the team. Exactly. Yeah. It is what it is. The trade happened. It's done. And now we just kind of got to deal with it as fans. And like I was saying about the accountability, just, you know what? Fuck it. It's a, it's a loss at this point. Like, let's sub in Bush, see what can happen. And can it possibly be worse than what we have? Uh, looking at the, like, advanced metrics of, like, D-men that have played a minimum two games or something like that, he's the second worst defenseman statistically in the NHL. You're really going to keep that guy in there for somebody like Evan Bouchard? Really? Who's the worst? Is it Jack Johnson? It has to be Jack Johnson. Johnson. Probably Jack Johnson. I don't care. I just, I only, I see, yeah. I see Edmonton and that's about all I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been rough. Um, I guess we'll probably just, I, I, I wanted to just mention two positive things before we're. Can I, can I be, can I be the cloud of negativity for two more seconds? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Zach Cassian makes $3 million a year. Just had his 30th birthday. I'm seeing a lot of threes here, Nolan. A lot of threes. Um, might as well make it three and put him on the do, 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 do third line. <laughs> that was good. That was that. I don't know if that was like a version of a segue, but we can call it a version of a segue. But that was that was fucking good. I like that. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, well, on a last bit of a positive note, just for the Oilers season, and then we're gonna probably move on from the Oilers and we're going to talk about a couple of things that are not Oilers related. Um, I want just want to touch upon a nice little note that the Oilers have actually been pretty well disciplined. Knock on wood. Uh, uh, only seven, only seven minutes and forty seconds of uh, penalty minutes per game, which is eighth in the NHL. I don't believe there's any fights so far, so we don't have to worry about anything like that. But that's pretty nice to see that they're only eighth in the NHL in penalties because I, I honestly, I should have looked at my research beforehand, but uh, I don't know what that was compared to last year. But it felt like they were always taking a shitload of penalties. So it's really good to see that they are kind of keeping that down. Um, but. I actually wanted to just touch on somebody that's been a really big bright spot so far in this in this short season so far, but Kyler Yamamoto, man, he's been so fucking good, and he's been probably the most consistent forward on the team. I would, I'd honestly say he's probably been the team's second best forward um, behind, I mean, behind Connor. I, I mean, Leon had a nice little last game, but. I, I've really liked what Kyler Yamamoto has been, you know, has been doing out there. He's really putting his body on the line. He's forechecking really hard. It seems that he's always getting in there and he's always trying to score that goal. I think he really wants to get on that first unit power play and he wants to be able to knock in those easy goals. But I've been so happy with uh, I've been so happy with how he's been performing so far. Uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, Kyler Yamamoto? I love I love him. I love, I love, he's so cool. 
I don't know if he's He's cool. a short king. I love him. He's a short king. He has one of the worst Instagram presences I've ever seen in my life, though. Oh, it it's a so tough look. Bad. He's awful to watch. The view, the view was good, but she was better. Like, it just, <laughs> just makes me want to throw up. But I love what he does. Um, can, can I tell my elevator story about him? Yes. So, long story short, I'm going to edit out some of it for the pod. But... Uh, we were a couple of years ago, two years ago, we, a group of friends and I went to Edmonton to watch a couple of games. And this was when Yamamoto was called up um, and wasn't really doing anything. So they had just got their lunch fed to them by Carolina. I think that was like the six to one or six nothing game. It was the third last game Cam Talbot ever played for the Oilers. Um, I remember yes, look, good memories. I looked over at my buddy and I was like, oh, I'm so glad because Koskinen played the night before against Calgary. And I looked over at my buddy and I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to finally see Talbot play. It's going to be amazing. And he got his shit pumped. I think he got four <laughs> goals on about six shots and then they yanked him. And I was just like, oh, my God, can we go? Like, can we leave? Whatever. So they get their lunch handed to them, fed to them by like from the hands, like a, like a Kentucky Derby winning horse being fed oats. That's what, the, that's what the Carolina Hurricanes did to them that night. So we go out and have a couple drinks, whatever. Get back to our Airbnb, and it's really close to Rogers. And it's like 3.30 in the morning. Just absolute grime hours. And we're waiting for the elevator, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, I just want to go to bed. All I can think about is going to bed. Elevator opens up, and there's this short short guy in a suit standing there, and it's it's Yamamoto. And I kind of look at him. I'm like, hey, man. And he, he kind of smiles because we nod. He's like, hey, man. And he walks out and goes about his night. And I remember, like, looking over at my buddy that we were with, and I'm like, I can guarantee he was not at his girlfriend's house. I can guarantee. Oh, like, what? Let's, not, let's not put those rumors out there. Wow. We yeah. can't do that to Kyler Yamamoto. He looks like I think he wants to get married to his to the love of his life. You can edit. Poor it guy. Here, we're well, we're spreading rumors on the one for one podcast already. I call me uh, call me Friedman. I'm the rumor mill. <laughs> it's on, dude. I don't want to record anymore. Now I think I'm gonna get a cease and desist letter from. You're Yamamoto not gonna get a lawyer. cease and desist. <laughs> Calm down, Jesus Christ! I'm making a joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he listens. He's the weekly listener. Yeah, well, he's gonna he's gonna be the first guest on our podcast, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, we got we already have a friendship. Yeah, well, well, there you go. I I mean, he only has like two thousand Instagram followers. I bet you send him a DM and be like, "Hey, man, you want to come on the pod?" And you'd be like, "Oh yeah, sure, let's do it." Uh, yeah, let me see your body of work. I'll link him directly to episode three. Yeah, tune in about uh, thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> On the uh, on the side note, yeah, Yamamoto's yeah, been awesome, but <laughs> we should move on. We should move on from the Oilers because um, the nice part about uh, about this whole thing so far is that we've uh, we've been able to see uh, we've we've been able to see a lot of support. Which actually, we wanted to start off the episode with this, and I don't even really think we did. We just kind of moved right into the Oilers talk. But we actually um, hit a hundred downloads the other day, and I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has. Uh, downloaded subscribed listened even if you just did as much as just you know say you know you guys did a good job or whatever or give us a fucking thumbs up on instagram it's it's really cool to see and it's 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 really nice and we just want to you know express our serious gratitude to everybody that's reached out and everybody that said something really nice to us miles did you have anything to say um i just wanted to share one positive review that i got from a friend um, described as, and I quote, the hockey podcast your wife won't hate, which means a lot to me. 
I think is that's a nice. really nice compliment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I hope that we can maybe eventually that'll go in like the log line of what um, of what our of what like our podcast description is, and we described can kind of use that. Described as not the worst thing to listen to. Described yeah. as a nice way to spend the workday. Good well, background think about, noise. Well, think about how people are going to really enjoy it now that we both have really good audio coming through. Uh, steak, and, steak, and cheese, or, uh, steak and bacon DMS. Love him. Good guy. Great guy. So getting into that NHL update, though, Nolan, I am looking at the NHL's recent Super 16 rankings. Oh, no. Very interesting. <laughs> uh, oh, you thought it was over? Uh, <laughs> So I'm looking at it, uh, and this is the list as stated in, in rankings from, from 1 to 16. We have the Lightning, the Golden Knights, the Avalanche, the Capitals, the Leafs, the Blues, the Flyers, the Canadiens, the Islanders, the Flambés, the Bruins, the Hurricanes, the Stars, who at this time were 0-0. Zero and zero. Keep in mind, they hadn't played a, a game yet. The Preds, the Wild, and the Pens. Oh my goodness, NHL. Can, like, we're homers, right? We're big Edmonton Oilers homers. And I think that whoever's in charge of the Super 16 rankings at the NHL is insane, is a bigger homer than we are just for sucking whoever's winnings. I can't even talk. I'm so angry. How are the so Pens angry. even in 16? How I'm, are the I'm Pens now, even in 16? Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. They're like they've not they have not been good whatsoever. Like they've been terrible. The Bruins didn't have a five on five goal for their first three games, and they have them in the top 16. Like uh, the first couple, like Lightning, uh, Knights, Avs, Caps, like that's fine. Like that, there's nothing really egregious there. The Leafs being in the top one, two, three, four, five, six is insanity. Absolutely crazy. Blues lost eight nothing to the Avalanche, and they have them there at seven. I realize it's probably a little bit of an outlier, but like you can't tell me that shit. Uh, Flyers, Canadians, Islanders, Islanders, whatever. Flames, yeah, they've been good to start the season. Bruins already made my point there. Hurricanes, uh, I think they missed a couple games because of like things were shut down because of COVID. Haven't the Stars played like one game? <laughs> Dude, no, at that time, the Stars were 0-0. They had oh not played a game yet. They had not started their season. That's egregious. Like, how? Okay, yeah, they went to the Stanley Cup final last year. Whatever, you got to give them a little bit of respect for that. But they're fucking 0-0, zero zero, man. Like, they could come out and just pop a steamer. Like, these rankings have no rhyme or reason. Zero rhyme or reason. They're just playing ghost hockey. On, no, they're just stroking their own ego. Everybody at the NHL is like, mm, yeah, we got to, you know, our big market teams. We got to make sure that everybody's happy about them. And I'm not saying that the Oilers need to be in this in the top 16. They realistically probably don't deserve to be there. Not probably. Don't full stop. They, don't they des- do not whatsoever. <laughs> they do not deserve to be there. But you cannot tell me that this is a unbiased ranking. Like, there's some shit there. Yeah, it's, that's, uh, that's a, that's a. That's a tough. Uh, that's a tough. That's a tough ranking, and it, it's funny because just so everybody knows, we do uh, we do notes before every episode, as you probably should do, just to keep everything somewhat on track uh, with an episode. And uh, line B is, "Are you fucked at NHL?" <laughs> so, and that I, I need to speak to someone. That is uh, that's that's courtesy of yours truly, Miles Fuchs. But oh, man, I, back back in my uh, back in my my undergrad days, I was working at a tech company called Gas Buddy. Download the app. Fantastic. And the marketing director 
formerly was of the NHL's marketing department. So I'm, I am th- I think I still got his email somewhere. I'm going to get a hold of him and be like, can, who can I talk to about these Sweet 16 rankings? Like, I've got, something's got to be said. You can't let him get away with that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. That uh, leads me, Nolan, I'm done talking about that. I'm already, I'm sweating. My, you know, uh, in New Girl, did you ever watch New Girl? How when Nick, no, Nick, I didn't. When Nick Miller lies, his back gets wet, like sopping wet. That's me right now. I'm just sweating from pure anger from that Sweet 16 rankings. But uh, onwards and upwards. Let's talk about uh, two of our listeners' favorite teams here. Uh, Tanner from Moose Jaw and, and my buddy Ben and the COVID Capitals, as I like to call them. Also, I should, I want to mention uh, a really good buddy of mine, Nick. He is a massive Capitals fan. So he was really excited for us to talk about this. I, I, I told him that we were going to be talking about this on the upcoming episode because – he really likes that we are touching on some NHL stuff and that uh, we're able to kind of go back and forth with it. So he's also really excited to hear about this from us. So just as a side yeah, note, you know, we got a lot of Caps fans listening, and uh, you know, we got to uh, you know, we got to hold down for all the Caps fans out there and make sure they're getting theirs, you know, and make sure everything's good to go. Uh, but no, the COVID Capitals. Uh, for those who aren't aware, um, four Washington Capitals players are now on the COVID watch list, and I believe one of them tested positive. For COVID, yeah, um, um, the goalie, so, um, Samsonov. Yeah. So Alexander Ovechkin, Samsonov, Dmitry Orlov, and uh, Yevgeny Kuznetsov, uh, after a game, decided to hang out together in a hotel room. Uh, Samsonov tested positive and got the three other ones on a close, close contact list and has them out for four games and got the team a hundred thousand dollar fine in the process. Absolutely tough. Um, all we'll get into the politics behind it a little bit more, but I just want to make a point. I think this is absolutely amazing. Like from, from the perspective of like, who could it be, right? Like who are the four that it could be? And it's four of Putin's finest, just drinking fun (laughs) water and playing puck for the motherland and just wearing chains and just having a great time in their tracksuit pants. They have, they probably have some nice tracksuits. Tracksuits, four, five shirt, tracksuits, five shirt, just hanging out in the hotel room. (laughs) All hanging out, having a great time, making sure Kuznetsov's not back on the, uh, on the X games powder there. And (laughs) what do they do? Get sick, get the boys a fine. And take three of their best players. Like if this is if we're talking about the Russian national team here, those are all four guys that are going to be on the Russian national team. Like if the it's not Russian moral. national team. It's 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 oh. what, what are they called? Ath- athletes at, at, or athletes representing the nation of Russia or something like that? Yeah. So because <laughs> they can't be the Russian team. Amazing. Absolutely amazing that it's those four guys. Like, sucks for the Caps that that had to happen to them. Like, could you imagine being the coach and just being like, holding the team meeting and being like, I don't know what to say, boys. Like, abs. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the fucking like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, like fucking uh, I don't know, uh, Slater Cuckoo, (laughs) Miko Koskinen, me. Just the core. Do you like how he slipped? Do you like how he slipped Slater Cuckoo? Coop, man, this is the Slater Cuckoo absolute stan account. But, no, like, that's got to be the stupidest fine I've ever seen. Like, you see guys in a in a win line. You see guys on the bench. You see guys after a goal. They can lick each other's faces. They can tap heads. They're on the bench shoulder to shoulder. Like, but you're going to, you're, you're not allowed to sit in a hotel room 
and shoot the shit and hang out with the guys when you're on the road like that and Ovechkin's wife had pretty much paraphrasing exactly what I'm saying right there like this is the stupidest fine I've ever seen in my life like they can do all that sort of stuff but they can't much more broken English (laughs) but yes in the mother tongue but like that absolute dagger for the Capitals lovely to see them pull out a win against Buffalo in spite of that though um so now they only have three more games to play without those guys and I don't know, man. I don't know if there's a if there's really a winner in that story or in anything moving forward. Like COVID's going to be a thorn in the side for everybody in the league going on going forward. And I just hope that teams like learn from that. And sucks for the players. They're giving up so much of their time and like potential health risks to be exposed to it and just to give us entertainment. But it just absolutely sucks to see that they can't have any sort of fun or engagement with them. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't, and I'm not trying to sit, like undermine what health professionals are doing for us on a day-to-day basis as a society in the glimpse of a pandemic. But like, I don't know. There's just, it just does, it's just like game theory, but every outcome's a loss. Yeah. It's, I, I would say it's more, I'd say it's more optics more than anything with the whole, um, you know, not being able to spend time with each other, um, you know, inside those, inside those, uh, inside the uh, hotel rooms. Because it's sort of similar to like the NBA with like how you see a guy sort of like come off the court and he immediately is supposed to go and sit down and put his mask on. It's the same with like a coach, you know, having to wear a mask, but nine times out of ten you see them pulling it up or down so that they can talk to the ref. So there's a major optics thing that kind of goes into it. And if I'm being completely frank with, you know, with whoever I'm talking to about this, I'll be honest and say like it's a it's a pretty stupid rule. Like I'd almost treat it like an extended bubble. I to a certain degree, I get it. And like you said, we don't want to undermine health, you know, we don't want to undermine health professionals. Um, But at the end of the day, the rules are in place because they're in place. And unfortunately, the rules have to be maintained. It's similar to how with the NFL for the longest time, I don't know if it's still this way, but it's the same thing with like weed in the NFL It's like, it was the dumbest shit that the NFL banned marijuana for the longest time because it doesn't need to be banned. But when, when Josh Gordon kept on getting suspended and Stephen A. Smith would be on first take and being like, stay off the weed. And like that, I mean, he's right. Like, unfortunately, if you, if you've signed off on a CBA and that's been, that's been agreed upon between the NHLPA and the NHL themselves, like you're gonna, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to obey that. And that's, it sucks. And I'm not a big fan of the policy, but you know, you just have to, you unfortunately have to maintain with that. And it, like I said, it sucks. No, there's really no winners at the end of the day with this whole thing. But, um, yeah, it sucks. I can only imagine Ted Leone's just like checking his fucking email and being like a hundred thousand dollars. Are you shitting me? I mean, he's a billionaire, so he'd probably be like, Oh, hundred grand. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. That's fine. Nolan, it's funny that you bring up uh, the phrase winners and losers um, because, and cue the sound effect, there are winners and losers every day in life. And we've found a loser, Nolan. Oh boy, have we. Oh boy, have we. We got to talk about the Tony D'Angelo all-star team last week, but now we get to talk about the all-star himself. Tony D! Mr. Tony D'Angelo, defenseman for the New York Rangers, was outed 
as having a burner Twitter under the handle NYRFan92360244, where he was replying to fans criticizing him or others on his team. Oh my God, Nolan, let us know what you think. I need your take. I, so I saw this. So, okay, let me rephrase that. I saw the name Tony D'Angelo trending on Twitter. The moment I saw that trending on Twitter, I said, oh, I wonder what's going on. I know that he was recently scratched by David Quinn because of a terrible performance in one of the games they played. And so I was like, I have to tune in. I have to see what's going on. And I see a Deadspin article regarding Tony D'Angelo and his burner account. So this whole thing all started because he's basically been replying to all these different tweets and uh it's like a it's kind of like a reply guy sort of similar situation like typically if the oilers lose i myself like to be a bit of a reply guy because you know it gets you it gets you like 30 likes on there right it gets like 30 points and uh the more people kind of looked into this they found that every time they were giving shit to tony d'angelo this account was replying to them so it all started with what's that nyr fan NYR fan. Oh, sorry. Yes. NYR fan 92360244. There's uh, this one here where uh, a man by the name of Joe Judge Stan said, get D'Angelo off this team. And then this this account just replies back saying, not his fault. (laughs) (laughs) for, For the record, since for some reason people keep saying this. I am not Tony D'Angelo, just someone who's sick of him being criticized by people who know nothing about the game of hockey. That is the pinned tweet. That is the pinned tweet with 656 likes, 947 retweets, and 646 replies. This is one of my favorite stories of 2021 so far. But, like, how, dude, how big of an idiot are you? He's following five accounts Dan Rosen, Larry Brooks, Rick some guy who loves Linguini, the New York Rangers, and the NHLPA. Like, come on, man. Like, follow something that doesn't make you look like an absolute robot. So... So okay, so the best part was this is this is honestly this is my favorite part about this whole thing. So he tweets, uh, he tweets on the twenty third. Uh, my account is currently being hacked, and then he then he uh, he, uh, he takes Twitter. First losers went in and changed my account name, bio, tweets, etc. Now I can't reply to direct messages. Censorship at Jack. And then the then the person replies says, and says, uh, this is unfair censorship. Incredibly sarcastic, right? And then he replies back to that saying, really wanted to spread more positive energy in your chat. But whenever I text something, Twitter says, failed to send. I'm being censored like real Donald Trump. Which, I mean, that just gives it away right there. But the fucking kill shot comes from this guy called Matthew Kachuk's mouth guard. Oh. <laughs> And he says, LMAO, Tony, keep trying. And all he does is he just posts like it's a it's like a screenshot of just like basic like computer code. And Tony D'Angelo replies with, uh, hold on, I just want to make sure I got this all 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 perfect. He says blocked and reported. And then someone by the name of uh, someone by the name of Koski Daddy, which is just excellent, uh, says, OK, Tony, it's pretty obvious right now. And what what this account is doing is he's replying to it and basically saying, how did you do that? Like, 
Tony, you gave yourself away. Like he, you showed your hand. You fell for it, and it's and and there was nothing in the code. There was absolutely nothing there. It was just it was just blank code. There's like something along the lines of like, let me see what's in here. Uh, it's like uh, www.truetv shows hack my life. <laughs> There's like life hacker, and it's the it's the funniest shit. But my. Uh, my my all time fa- favorite tweet from this from this whole debacle is um, this one right here that I, I actually read to you when this whole thing kind of came up and I was like, and <laughs> it was saying it was replying to NYR fans saying, you know I could fucking sue you for hacking, right? And he says this guy quote tweets it says this is from uh, Nathan CSN says I just got off the phone with Tony D'Angelo's lawyer. I legally owe him four hundred meatballs, fifty lasagnas, and unlimited breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> There's twenty four tweets from this account, and one of them, I God, I hope this is Tony D'Angelo. I have never tweeted about Olive Garden. I don't follow at <laughs> Olive Garden. Why is everyone asking me about Olive Garden? <laughs> the one. The one that I gave a nice like to is for the people commenting and messaging me. You know, Guido is a racial slur, right? Oh my god, get him in the shore. Get him and Polly D and Vinny and Mike the Situation and Ronnie. They're their own show, dude. dude. I, I want to. I honest, honestly, I'm. This is the. I, I'm. I'm planting my flag in the post of this is our. This is the start of our beef with Tony D'Angelo's podcast. Watch your tone. It's like, yo, what's going on, guys? Is Tony D'Angelo here? Whereas, uh, watch your tone. I got. I got fucking Frankie. I got fucking uh, Benny, and we're just fucking over here having some pizza. Hey, hey ma. Hey, ma. You got the sauce. We're- <laughs> We're getting we're 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 getting canceled for doing Italian accents. Oh, I made a ZD. Oh. I made a ZD with with uh, Flames fan Kyle about a month or two ago, uh, early December, and uh, I think that that gives us grounds to uh, to do to do the oh ma yeah the uh, the uh, the Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> so I, I back back to back to the matter at hand here, Nolan. We are. Checks watch seven minutes into the start time of the Oilers Jets. So I just want to clarify for those keeping track at home. Uh, Nolan's holding up the remote. He's ready to watch. Um, last week I gave predictions for the upcoming games. I said they were going to bounce back and get the, against the Habs. They were going to win one against the Leafs and they were going to beat the Jets. Um, not looking great for old Miles, but uh, hoping for a Jets uh, L tonight, especially with uh, speaking of L's, Patrick Line going to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Pierre-Luc Dubois coming back the other way. Don't want to spend too much time talking about that trade. I just think it is hilarious that both of those guys hated their situation uh, in Ohio and Manitoba, respectively, and then got traded from Manitoba to the American Manitoba of the state of Ohio, except now everyone can carry guns. Well, and and now... uh... Now Patrick Lyon can just force his way to Edmonton, right? So there you go. Yeah, it's done. Give Connor is winger. Yeah, Give Connor exactly. is winger. He, dude, he'd score like sixty-five goals next to Connor. But looking at the looking at the upcoming slate of games, like I said, Nolan, we got uh, the game against Loser Peg tonight. Loser Loser Peg again on the twenty-sixth. Toronto on the twenty-eighth, and Toronto on the thirtieth. So uh, I don't want to be an optimistic ostrich anymore. I'm going to say they win two of four. Which is probably pretty freaking optimistic if uh, Larson's still in the lineup. You know what? You know what? 
I'm calling it now. They're going to win every game. They're going to win every game this week. Again, not a homers podcast here by no means. <laughs> I'm 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 going on a limb. They're gonna they're gonna do I'm it. Making, they're gonna pull I'm it off. Putting your face on an ostrich as the optimistic ostrich <laughs> for the week. We're gonna get we're gonna get that hot stretch out of Yese because it's gonna be that. It, it, this always happens with a line that has Connor on it. It's gonna be you put that new winger on and it's like eight games and they're fucking dominant. I'm calling it now. It's gonna happen. I want to see it. I'm not calling you a liar. I just want to see it. Well. Miles, did you have any final notes you wanted to end episode three with? Mm, you know what, Nolan? Again, I just want to give a huge, huge thanks to everybody who's reached out. And I know that's like the cockiest thing to say. Like, I always think of that big mouth scene where Lola's bitching at uh, at Devin and she's like, why do you start all your makeup tutorials saying hi, everyone? You know, it's just me watching. Uh, and that's kind of how I feel saying like everybody that reached out. But like I probably got like 15 replies to my story on Instagram of people being like, oh, it's man, it sounds good. Like, uh, cool. You guys are doing this. Like stoked to listen to more episodes. And like, man, I honestly don't care if we get 100 downloads or one download. I just like having an opportunity to talk to you a little bit more frequently about something that we mutually like and if people want to check it out that's just the freaking cherry on top so big thank you to everybody that's checked us out and listened and downloaded and subscribed to the pod we're always happy to hear from you if you have any suggestions or things you want to say or be like hey that take was ice fucking cold man like you guys are stupid i love that shit take a fucking lap exactly go way down is one of my favorites so again just huge huge thank you to everybody who's been supportive and checking us out we really really appreciate it yeah like you said you you hammered it on the head man but uh yeah thank you thank you everybody on that note that will end this we didn't we did it again we did another quick episode that went by in a fucking breeze so we just want to say thank you to everyone for listening again, and this will end off the third episode of One for One, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and as always, go Oilers. Go Oilers, go.